I'm Leah Alonzo, and what we are doing is making sound. Yes, we are making sound. Hello, everybody. Hello, Leah Alonzo. Hi, Jan. <laughs> so good to see you. I know. It's lovely to see you. You look great. You look great. Yes. Oh, thank you, darling. I uh, missed you. I, I missed, missed you, you, too, sweetie. I missed you, too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Making Sound. We're back with episode, I think this is episode 82. Yeah. I think Congrats. So. Oh, thank you. Episode 82. And my guest is the illustrious, wonderfully talented and gorgeous. You can't see her, but I can. Leah Alonso is here calling in on Zoom from where are you, Leah Alonso? I am in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. Aha, Mexico. Is the central in central Mexico. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Folks, if you don't know Leah Alonso, you uh, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to help you out by uh, getting to know Leah Alonso. She is a singer. She's a songwriter. She is, uh, you can tell us a little bit more about your background. You've released several albums, singles, and um, originally from, well, you're kind of, help us under, help me understand this. So you're, you're born in the United States. Mm-hmm. In, born, born in Northern California, California right? Uh-huh. California. Mm-hmm. We're in Northern California. Um, in Palo Alto. Oh, okay. Very nice. My mom was going there to Stanford and uh, also running a business where she was bringing clothes from Mexico, different designers from Mexico to California while she was getting her master's at Stanford. And then she had me and uh, just amazing because I can't imagine being immigrating to, you know, the United States and doing all these things. And, uh, so I was born in California. Then we moved back to Mexico for a while and kind of just spent my whole life going back and forth between uh, California and then moved to New York when I was nine. And then all my family is in Mexico. I'm a Mexi-Jew. So it's quite, <laughs> it's quite a, it's quite a melange. My father's from Spain. He's from wow. the wow. Mount, wow. mountains wow. of Spain. Um so yeah, I'm, I'm so mad. this is why I wanted to talk to you. First mm-hmm. of all, we we only just met in person not too long ago, because a friend of mine who shared a bill with you, Rachel Sage, Love our friend her. Rachel yeah. Sage, shout out, darling. Hi, sweetie. How are you? Chachkis and she has a song Chachkis called Chachkis and Latkis. <laughs> and I, it was in my head the other day when I was picking up my Chachkis. I'm like Chachkis and Latkis. Uh, I love it. <laughs> And uh, and then Rachel dragged me on stage when you guys were at uh, the City Winery in New York City a few weeks ago, even like December, right? Mm-hmm. And I came on stage and you were like, yeah, I'm close. And I'm like, does she know me? <laughs> I did. And I was like, joking. And, and it, so it was a really like just a special moment. And before that, I was admiring your show and your live performance and your energy on stage, which was awesome. Thank and then you. I stole your drummer, Pedro Mila, and he played with us. And no, you, I invited nothing. you to sing along with us as well. You know, so I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to put my hands and arms around all of these talented people that I get to work with and meet. You know, I, I'm so lucky. Life is so good. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. So but quickly offset, I have to quickly say hello and thank you for everybody for starting to tune into our the uh, uh the new season of the, of making sound with Jan Close again 
And thank you for every to everybody that's already downloaded my new single, which just came out last week, Surrender. And uh, so love the song, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. So it's been a really it's been a whirlwind and I'm not doing as many episodes this season of the podcast as I usually do because there's so much going on with shows and travel and the album release coming March 3rd. But there are certain people that I when I meet them and I I I see them perform, I want to go, I need to have these people, I need to have this person on my on my show just to talk to because and Leah Alonso is one of them, you know, you are just um such an interesting uh, artist and you have this international background similar to myself. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, there'd be a lot to talk about, you know, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit. I wanted to begin by 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 talking to you about style and about music and about how you developed your sound and how you're developing, I should say, because, you know, you you kind of cross over into so many different genres. You know, you're really not a genre whore at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just you just do what you want. And I love that about you, you know, and I I. I, when I saw you live, I was like, who is this? What is going on here? You know, why didn't I know about this? You know, like I felt so left out. Um, and I just, I really Very enjoyed nice. it. You know, I enjoyed your show and the musicians you picked and, you know, so, and then we got to hang out a little bit. And, and uh, so I, so tell me about the, your first sort of connection with music. What made you go into this, into this direction? You said a little bit about your mom and she was into clothing fashion etc mm-hmm. uh, but uh, so how did this how did this begin for you what what was the what voice pulled you well i started singing even before i could talk uh, i was just making up kind of comforting myself with sound i remember from an early age that. being being um scared you know when i would get scared as a kid or uh uncomfortable and I still do it, just like walking around. I'm just like, yeah. And and I think that that was the thing. I I've we are sound, you know. So like to me, you know, about the genre thing, it's like um, for me, it's just like the sound of the song and how the song expresses itself. And I I just try to be very open to what that feels like and what what wants to be expressed and not kind of put myself too much in the process mm-hmm. and uh just trust in the song and i think that's just been my motivation in life you know that the songs that come out of me kind of just are comforting are a way for me to understand what i'm going through um and then I guess like the the influence of living around the world as you have, you know, has made me very open to a lot of different sounds, you know, and um, that's what when you know I've been grew up doing musical theater, and yep, there's another thing we have in common. <laughs> jazz uh, hands, sweetie, <laughs> jazz hands, darling. So that's like we would like to be theatrical, you know. So. So I love theater and I like to incorporate that into my shows and music and storytelling. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, am I, is that, did I answer the question? I, yeah, yeah. You know, it's so, I just want to dive deeper into that because I think that's one of the most interesting parts about, look, 
the way I look at the world is if you get the chance to travel, if you have the chance to to experience more than one culture, more than the culture that you grew up in, you are enriching your life, you know, and I would recommend that to anybody if they can at all do it. You know, for me, it was I was an exchange student. That's how I came to America. Wow. Through the American through, through AFS, through American the American Field Service. You know, I was the German boy exchange student. You know, I was born in Germany, raised in South that's Africa. So Long cute. story, you know. As I just, you know. Yeah, that's but I it's like that, that. Like it it was uh, in the beginning, it was it was a shock, you know. I because nothing is ever the way you think it will be, right? Like you have this dream and this idea of of how a culture is, and then when you get there everything changes, you know, and, and you have to kind of reinvent your, this like preconceived notion you had and throw it out Mm -hmm. and, and then deal with real life. And a lot of people think, I think when they come to America or they think about America as this, you know, still think of it as this place that where that's paved with, where the streets are paved with gold, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, at one point, not the streets. The streets have potholes. You know, we need to fix them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but the the idealism that people put forward about about travel and 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 experiencing a new culture is it's never the same way when you get there. And mm-hmm. uh, have you have you ever had that kind of experience where you got somewhere and you're like, yeah, this is going to be so amazing, and then the real thing is completely different, but you still make the best of it. How do you do it? Well, expectations are the, uh, expectations are just like the, you're basically going to be disappointed. The mother so, of failure. The mother of failure or or <laughs> just, just disappointment. You know, the yeah. more you expect and are attached to that, you yeah. know, but from like to music for me is that that's like the connection of the cultures and the differences between us. And I think be, like you, being able to live in different cultures, make music in different cultures with so many different kinds of people. Um, like that's what it's about to me. Like mm. the genre, like, like that, what do we build together in that harmony between cultures? How do we meet between people, you know, and to being able to collaborate with musicians. And I did some traveling in Africa, um, Cuba, South America, Europe, just and put together different bands in different countries. And um, like doing that has been an amazing experience these last years because people are like, oh, why haven't I heard your music? And what, why have I been out there? I'm like, I have been out there like living my musical dream, like and like writing kick ass songs and performing, not necessarily like doing the business side and being like, like, how do I get these songs from point A to point B? How do I get them onto, you know, like, um, I I haven't been recording a lot until now, which I'm super excited about. Now I'm finally taking all these, like, I've been just like out in the world, learning and playing music with different different cultures, different bands. And now I'm like synthesizing it into this project, you know, what I'm putting out in this next year, every month, a different song um, this year and they're, you know, all a little bit different, but genre wise, you know, they're like, this is a dance song. This one's a Mm -hmm. serious dance song. And the song that's coming out next week is a 
women's rights song in English and Spanish. And I would say it's more, it's more like rock anthem, women's anthem, you know? Yeah. Do you find that difficult in the business when you want to release music that where every song, you know, is in a different kind of in a different genre, but the thing that carries it through is your, is your voice or whatever, you know, um, do you, do you find that the industry sort of looks down on that? I think that people have told me from the beginning that I have had to choose, uh, choose a lane and stay, stay in that lane. And maybe that's why I'm not like further ahead in my career in certain markers that I thought I would meet by this time, you know, 20 years as a songwriter, you know, but playing in the subways and all that stuff. But like, to me, that's just such a, so such a, it's like pointless to even entertain it anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't really care what an industry says that doesn't nurture artists. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not an industry that is easy. This is the hardest. If, if anybody asks me what career you love, I love songwriting. Should I be a musician? I'd say, no, absolutely not. Be, do something else <laughs> that you can make money at and play music because you love it. And then mm -hmm. you'll always love it. And you won't have like you won't attach your self-esteem and economic future to your dream because mm -hmm. that's insane. And but we do it right. We do it. But you should only do it if you're absolutely insane and you yeah. have that belief in yourself and what you have to say like that. Like that's for me. That's what motivates me like that. I have to say something important for women especially mm -hmm. like that women were rising up together and my songs are capturing, you know, my experience as a woman in, and realizing my own strength. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do as women. You know, we need to take our power back because our rights are being stripped away from us. You and think that, do you, do you, was there a time when you felt this stronger than, it, it sounds like you, you're very passionate about it. Uh, Is there, was there a time that um, you didn't feel that way? Do you think, do you think yes. that's changed? Tell me about that. Well, I think, you know, in my relationships, it's been hard to like hold my own and find where my boundaries are. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done a lot of work on that. You know, I think just like understanding attachment theory mm -hmm. and how some of us are like more anxiously attached. Some of us are more, um, I mean, very few people have secure attachment styles. Mm. We're all just kind of operating under a lot of wounds. And so I think that in certain relationships, like I've needed to work out those wounds and that relationship came to me so that I could heal and kind of like realize, get back on my path, you know, but it's been hard to walk as a strong woman with a strong partner. Mm. Like I found that you know, in my business life, like my music life, I'm, you know, that's just kind of like, I feel empowered, but in a relationship, it's been hard to find uh, where I can be both feminine and like hold, hold my ground. And that's what I explore a lot in, in these songs, you know, it's just mm -hmm. like, um, you know, my kind of attempt to fill this like hole that I was born with, you know, like I always felt like, something was wrong or, you know, the void, the, as I call the void. it, the void. yeah, the void, you know, the missing space mm -hmm. in your heart. Yeah. 
And so which, like, which we know, all have in some way, all, don't you know, we all have it in some way, right? Exactly. Yeah. We all have it. And, um, you know, just realizing that and having compassion for ourselves and our journey. Yeah. And like, also for everyone else that we meet in the world, knowing mm-hmm. that like, you know, when you, you know, and, and in relationships too, I had a, a, an abusive boyfriend when I, my first relationship, I met him when I was 15, you know, and I, he was in a band, of course. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I just like, you know, played in his band and, you know, found myself, I moved, I've opened a tattoo studio with him when I was like 17. You I, did? I mean, is there anything you haven't done? My God. <laughs> yeah, there's a few, you know, there's some things on my list, but uh, I mean, he ended up being very abusive to me and I let, let myself kind of get sucked into this cycle of uh abuse and then he would apologize and then we would party and we would you know like be stuck into this like rock and roll lifestyle that wasn't really very creative looking back like nothing about it was creative it was like we were in an addictive spin cycle and i was you know trapped in like a toxic toxic relationship you were very young i mean yeah but i i yeah i've then i like there's so many things that happened to me, but like, you know, because women, women, it's hard to walk in the world as an empowered woman because most women are, have been victims of sexual abuse, physical abuse. Mental most abuse. women. I, I feel like, like most women, I feel like, I don't know if it's one in four or two, you know, one in four or two in four women have been abused in, in the world. Uh, I can, we should Google that and see exactly what the, it's right. just basically too many, too yeah. many women. Sure. Any, any, too, any woman, any too, person, any person that gets too many, any person, many. any person. Yeah. 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 And so we have to strong stand strong together and, and show, especially women that it's, it's okay to stand up for yourself mm-hmm. and that it's never okay to be abused and that it's safe to just, you know, tell your truth, sing your truth and, uh, leave a situation that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, you said something very poignant, you know, leave a situation that's dangerous, you know, and that is some, that is something that's really, uh, it's difficult for a lot of people because, you know, it comes back to like the, the thing you were talking about attachment and, um, we naturally attach, right? We are herd animals. We are herd creatures. We seek connection. Yes. Right. By nature. It's how we're wired. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, I've, I, I think about this a lot and I write about it, you know, because uh, I've, I've had similar experiences to you. Um, so uh, the getting to a point of, of being able to say no, right. Mm-hmm. To someone, to someone or a situation or a, you know, whether it's business or personal, right. Mm-hmm. Is, is very difficult, you know, for, it especially is. I think for an artist who, who seeks the, that kind of attention, that kind of energy, you know, we look for it on stage. We want that. We need that, you know, we need mm-hmm. that energy that comes back from the audience, you know, so mm-hmm. we can turn that around and turn it into something beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but but getting to that that space of of saying, look, you know, this doesn't this doesn't work for me, um, and not repeating yourself. <laughs> I know, good. I know. You know that's this the this doesn't thing. work for me anymore. This doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know, there's a big difference between those two sentences. You know, uh, but I've gotten better at it as I've gotten older. I've I've just I've you know, it's the experience. It's um, it's also success, you know, because when you do have success uh, with music, with art, with, you know, your life choices, um, it, it does become easier to say, look, you know, this 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 isn't right for me. And the, sooner you, and the sooner you're right? able to self-love, self-love That's is self-love part of it. Right there. It's also experience, you know, it's mm-hmm. also time. Yeah. It, you know, I think it's a, it's a few different things, but but getting to that point quicker and it allows for something else to come in quicker as well yes you know, do you have any mechanisms that you that you use that that you can talk about to that will hopefully inspire others to you know get there faster you know like to assess a relationship whether you should jump ship or not whether it's a relationship <laughs> or, or you know a situation or oh, a business you know like, like all all of it yeah um i actually came up with a ty- uh, a relationship relationship (laughs) so I just left a relationship and a relationship (laughs) is like one in which to make sure that this episode is explicit relation the way it is that's what that's the way it is no we we don't we don't beep we're just put an e sign (laughs) so you you got an e sign baby (laughs) oh good um you're on out it's (laughs) yeah so so it was like if you're a relationship it produces more, um, I would say it produces more anxiety than it does good feelings. Like if you look at a relationship and you just really be honest with yourself, really be honest because you might not want to be honest. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, do you really, are you ready to see honestly what's happening? Do you want to, or are you just comfortable in the misery? Um, Because sometimes, like I just was in a relationship for eight months, relationship, sorry, um, (laughs) where I tolerated like a lot, I like my bow, I kept kind of moving the line of my boundaries Mm. back. Mm -hmm. Like if, if somebody would ever say this to me, I would never tolerate them calling me names. Oh, he did that, but he apologized and he was so sincere and he made me dinner and he brought me flowers. Okay, I'll forgive him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, then it happens again. And then it happens again. And then the lion keeps freaking back, back until you're like this and you're like this the big. Your self-esteem is this big. Like I felt like shit. And still I kept taking him back. Why? Because I was, I felt like I couldn't, you know, I felt like I loved him and he loved me. And that's like, you know, that we could get past these things and you try and you try, but you know, at a certain point when somebody shows you who they are, you have to believe them. Yes. Very good. And there is a difference between this one is something I've really been thinking about lately. Chemistry and compatibility. Okay. So assess in this relationship, maybe you love them. Maybe you like heart is filled with them and you're super attracted to them. And like the sex is amazing. And like, sometimes you have these exalted moments, but then you have these terrible moments where you kind of want to die 
um, you know, or you wish you could like escape and you can't like if there's like you should never have that like that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. That's not a healthy form of love, you know, so assessing like now that I'm out of that I realize kind of that I had stayed in it a long time and um, just too long, you know. Yeah. And yeah, um, I've, I've definitely made that same mistake. So knowing when to quit is important because like ask yourself, like even if you don't know and you're afraid you're going to die alone or something, like you're not, first of all, it's ridiculous. But like, well, you know, but I have to quote Joni Mitchell, you know, uh, between yeah. the for- between the forceps and the stone. You know, you we all come in here. We come into this world alone. Yes. And unless you have a twin, but even then, you know, it's one you're at still, a time. You're still, yeah. <laughs> it's one still. at a time. Yeah. And we go out alone, you know. Mm-hmm. If we have companionship in 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 the process, you know, it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing. But it's a yeah. choice. Like if you're there not you, yes. if you're not compatible with someone, like it's just not gonna work. It's just going to, you're going to keep prolonging that suffering. So Mm -hmm. can, do you, do you feel, so I used to, I used to think this and I don't think this anymore, but um, do you feel like you need that kind of, a lot of, you know, people, the perception that, that people have about songwriters is that they have to experience trauma and grief, mainly grief, not happiness so much for to to write a great song and i think in part that's true you know we we i always tell people write about what you know Mm -hmm. and yes that that is that gives you a lot of material and i've i've had that you know i have that set of of information uh to go to go off of but i feel like i have that set of of information forever (laughs) Because there's been so much of it. And I was just talking to our mutual friend, and I just realized that he is a mutual friend of ours. He, he's also been on the podcast. And I Elston? played a festival. Elston Torres. Love him. Yeah. I played a gig with him in at a, at a BMI songwriters festival in he's Florida. He's great. He's a, and, I love uh, super music. talented guy and wonderful soul. I just saw him last week. I was in Miami last week and we hung out. And Aww. we talked when we talked about this, we talked about you. And, um, and I said, yeah, you know, man, I don't think I can do this anymore, you know? And he was like, yeah, I don't think I can either. I think we've got enough to last a lifetime. Do you, do you feel the same? You mean like the heartache? As a writer. Yeah. As a writer. You can't, you can't do the heartache again. I, I, well, I, I, I don't really, I don't look for it. I never yeah. look for it. I don't think uh, I, I mean, for, it I, happens. I it happens. It's life. Sometimes some of the best songs are that write themselves out of a moment of heartache. And sometimes, you know, I just hit record and I make up a lot of songs, you know, I just make them up. I'm an improvisational actor, like I'm trained in improv. And also I'm just, that's the way my brain, just like the best stuff I have to say sometimes, a lot of the times it's just off the cuff. I don't think about it too much when I'm writing a song. And then I go back and I, I surgically, go in there with my tools and I like cut and paste parts of the song and throw out things or maybe put it in another song. But like, I think, you know, heartache is a great fuel. Loss has been a great, you know, it it creates like bad boyfriends create good songs. 
um, for me, like, but there's still so much else to write about. Um, and like, I learned how to really write in Nashville. Um, uh, my manager at the time, Steve Emily introduced me to a lot of different great songwriters out there. And I learned the Nashville style of writing where you sit, you have coffee, you talk about the news, talk about whatever. And then uh, your song idea emerges. And by the end of the day, you have a demo, you know, and you've like produced the song like to some degree. Um, and uh, usually I've written, you know, one song a day, sometimes three songs a day in this kind of format. And um, I also teach songwriting to at-risk youth once a week through the road recovery program. Wow. So I, I write songs with them and I produce their songs. And so I think, you know, for me, I'm the kind of writer that, yeah, like if I would love to write a song a day and just do that. Like I, I could just fill myself with that. You know, I also happen to love to perform and like, rescue animals and other things that mm -hmm. yoga mm -hmm. things that yeah. I'm into with, yeah. you know what I mean but I love yeah songwriting I just I can't wait to write a song with you I've yeah. written a song with Elston I wrote a song called all dressed up to be lonely which is <laughs> yeah that's a really good one okay I that's a nice that sort of alteration on uh all dressed up with no place to go yeah, because like I'm all dressed up to be lonely, like a mannequin you pass on display, and I may look fine being lonely all the time, waiting for someone to take me away. See, folks, I was not lying, was I? <laughs> that's so cool guess who just texted me pedro mila oh i love him so he's, he's the best drummer yeah, he's, so he's good. such a talented drummer he's so good such a talented drummer so uh i gotta i i will i will uh text him in a bit and changing the frame he, yeah I'm um changing the frame. yeah are you in new york and are you in the east coast in 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 may because i got a couple of gigs i gotta get you in for then yes, yeah. I am. Okay. I will be there. Right, I, cool. I'm yeah, I'm starting to book my summer plan. So it would be great to do some things All together. Right. So we're gonna do something. We're gonna do some stuff together. And I'm gonna come down to Mexico and see you and please um, explore that market. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I really want to come down there and um and uh, do you know explore just the culture and the the music and mm -hmm. you know I'm I'm uh Talking to a new promoter in Brazil by oh. going down there to do shows. So that's going to happen oh. later this year. Yeah, I, mean, I have two songs in Portuguese, actually. I rec I had a I have a band in in Brazil in Florida. We should do we should do a, a Portuguese version of of Love You the Most. Ooh. We already have the Spanish version, so yes. we could do a Portuguese version, and uh, you could sing it. That would That's, be something. That would, that would be, be something cool. fun to do. Um, yeah, so send me the send me the song. Well, yeah, I mean, see, the, like without the vocal. We're working and we're working and we're talking and walking, walking and talking over here. Um, so I I want to talk to you about music influences quickly. I want to find out not quickly when how however long you want to talk about it. I want to know who your your biggest biggest top three 
inspirations were growing up? Like, what was your favorite record album when you were 14? Oh, when I was 14. Yes. 14. Ooh. 14 is that magic age, man. That's when you listen to something there, it stays with you forever. I know. I know. I feel like it was, um, that's like such a tough choice, just three. Okay. I was very much into Led Zeppelin. Uh, I'm just going to say in general. Um, I went through Nirvana (laughs) as well. I was very into Nirvana. Um, And then I was like into, oh my gosh. I can't even pick just one, but Latin rock bands that were doing like heavy, like, like Molotov and um, they were doing like rap meets rock um, in Mexico. So a lot of my, like, I grew up listening to a lot of Latin rock as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's what all my cousins in Mexico were like turning me on to, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course, interesting. There's no, there no, no girls so far. Yeah, I don't know. I loved Madonna. I, I, I don't know what happened, but I loved, I loved her. What do you mean you don't know what happened? <laughs> I'm not saying anything else. Oh yeah, I, I know. Don't, we don't want to talk just, badly about people want, that aren't in the room. <laughs> I just want Madonna. I just want Madonna to be okay, and I am, I'm like, just love her and the music that yeah. she. And the, the, she opened the door for so many artists. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I just like, yeah, I love, uh, I listen I love to a too. lot of, a I lot of too. that, a lot of disco as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's hard for me to disco. pick a favorite album, you know, to be, I like Nirvana. I think I said Nirvana, but like, I was really into like grunge for a stage. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I got in hip hop too. Like mm-hmm. I was like into the Wu-Tang. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had very Wu-Tang strange plan. Strange, strange. If you look at my CDs, which I still have because I it's yeah. like so hard. I have like all those books. This is yeah. gonna date me. So uh like we no, there's nothing have... wrong with that, man. People still love CDs. I know. Yeah, you know, but I remember I mean like... I'm doing vinyl for the first time for my new that's album cool. that's coming out. Yeah, We're doing for surrender. It's I I in fact the boxes are right here behind me. Ooh, congrats. I haven't even I haven't even opened the vinyl yet. Yeah, we opened the CD and filmed that, and we're going to push that out soon. But um, I haven't what? even opened the bo- the boxes the, with the vinyl. Oh, I want one. I'm scared. I want <laughs> it's exciting. It's very well, exciting. If you're gonna, if I have to pick a um, like female influences, I would say Cheryl Crow, for sure. Alanis Morissette, um, mm-hmm. you know, more rock and ladies. Yeah. Joan Jett. Oh yeah, know. I love Joan Jett. Yeah, Joni yeah. Mitchell. Joni. Love me some Joni. Mm. Do you got a favorite Joni Mitchell album? Um, Clouds. Is the one the one that has Chelsea Morning on it? Is that Clouds? I think it is. Woke up, there was a Chelsea Morning in the first thing. Yeah, and the gallery. It has the gallery on it. I love I that. I think it's one. called I okay now this this is gonna make me We're sound look happy. it up. Mine is Court and Spark. I love that album. Oh, we should exchange albums and make that each is... other listen to the that is a great album. It's one of my all-time favorite albums ever. That okay. and the Beatles Revolver and Oh, that's um, a good one. Any any Prince album, especially Parade. Prince's yeah. Parade. Yeah. 
Yeah, I should probably um, know what my favorite albums are, but there's just too many favorites. I'm a there's Libra. so many. It's very hard Libra, when we never ask, like to choose. I love I like that. Libra. I know that's good. That's good, darling. I I certainly understand that. Um, so the 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 idea of the album. Okay, so do you still feel strongly about not just writing songs, but writing them so that they fit together? Maybe not intentionally. This is a long-winded question, but you know, approaching making a record, an album. Do you think about writing the album in advance, or do you write the songs and then put them together to fit on an album? No, I don't really put write for an album. Like I, I don't, I don't think that way. Um, there's this year for like I'm going to put a single out every month and the singles the songs make sense in a story so they all work together in a story so in a way it is an album you know at the end you will have had you know visually and also the stories of the songs make sense to you know and they build on each other but they also stand alone and but they're being released as singles and then after perhaps you know i was after a certain number is is attained um maybe i will put out a book where you know a lyric book mm. with the songs and all the artwork from every single um because conceptually all this you know all, the whole year every song that i'm putting out will go together and it'll be like a mexican lottery so all my you like can collect a card collectible cards what, mexican lottery yeah, Loteria. It's sort of, it's like um, a game that we played as kids, like a matching game and you have cards. And uh, and now that's like, we're doing it. It's, it's like a, what we're doing is a mix of tarot and Loteria. So every single and every song has its like archetype. Like the one that's coming out now is La Luchadora, which is the Mexican wrestler, like the warrior. And so that one's coming out as, as the first song and then the next one will be the heart, el corazón. Mm -hmm. And um, so each card and each single is designed by a different female or female identified designer. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, in the end, I was thinking it would be cool to make an album and a book um, with all the cards in them. I like so that. I don't I don't know if that's going to happen at 12 or 24. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of songs and of course, like, probably like you your most recent song is the best song and you're just like you know i'm excited about this song like the most recent one is like it's like the yeah. new baby you know it's always so, the new baby yeah those are our, those are our babies but this um, is actually the album artwork um so like uh it's a it's watch out we're no one's gonna no one's gonna see that bit but you oh know, you're I'm not seeing I'm it, but i'll describe it yeah no we're we're, oh, we're, a podcast, we we're filming so. No, we are filming. We are filming. There'll be clips of it. There'll be oh, clips looked, of it. I tried to look cute. You, you look very cute <laughs> and very I fit. I shouldn't have worn pants. The visual, the visual aspect of this, folks, is uh, once once you look up Leah Alonso, <laughs> I think you'll be delighted. Um, and really, uh, yeah, titillated, titillated, beautiful woman, darling. You are. Oh, beautiful man. Thank you. Um, so let me ask you a little bit about this lottery. I, I'm trying to understand the way the lottery works in Mexico. What, 
you were. Oh, it's not like an actual lottery. It's a game, loteria. What is it? What does it mean? Um, it means lottery, but it's not the same as a lottery. So it's like a by, what is, is it something about chance? Is there chance involved? Is it like a card game? What? So basically, you, there's three ways to play. You basically, let's see, it's how do you tell when you win? The winner is the first player that shouts lot, Loteria after completing a tabla or previous pattern, column or diagonal or a post. So it's kind of like bingo, I guess, but with matching. Like you have all these different cards that you that you they call and you have to fill up your board mm -hmm. and it's like bingo like you get diagonal mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. one way to play it it says yeah mm. each interesting the, yeah so you kind of have to get like bingo in one direction or the other that's what it is sounds like that would be a good title for your record bingo Not bingo, but like loteria? the idea of the loteria, the loteria, and then what was? Oh, then, la loteria, yeah. And then, and you mentioned something else earlier. Oh no! It was like the. We'll have to listen. Something, back. yeah, with music. You like there was a combination, a, a term that you used with the loteria and a musical term. Um. Anyway. Oh. Yeah. No. We'll I, listen back. Yeah, it was. It was cool. Like I was like, oh, that's a great idea for a record. Like that's why I tell you, I have I have a lot of ideas. That's why I need to record them because sometimes and, I'm like I forget them. Oh yeah, I do that all the time. When I have a good good idea, I immediately record it onto my phone. Yeah, or I make a note of it and text myself or email myself. Yeah, try not to stress about it too, though. Like because yes. because you know we we have to believe and know that like we are great and God is great and we are going to be constantly inspired and making sound. Cheers. We make we're going to be making sound. <laughs> So it's like, I've been I, like, I don't know if this has happened to you, but like, you've like lived in fear sometimes of like putting out that song or sharing it with someone or this, you know, because you think someone's going to steal it or you, you know, or you're worried it's going to like uh, lose steam by sharing it or some kind of mojo. And there is like a lot of superstition about that. And it might be true. I don't know. Like for me, I just think like now I'd rather operate with this idea that like, I have a million billion ideas flowing through me at any given time. And as long as I'm open and I take care of myself and my mental health and like my physical health, I'll be mm -hmm. able to, you know, yeah. create, make sound and tune in to these ideas, you know, because it's, it's like, we all have them and we all have that ability to like be creative, you know, maybe not in music, but like we're creative beings. That's what we're meant here to do and be. Yeah. And realize, like, even if you think you're not creative, you are creative because I bet you you have a creative approach to a problem or you might make a cool, you know, dinner and make it look pretty and taste good. Like that's creativity. You know, like we we're creative. Mm -hmm. That's what we're meant to do. Yeah. Yeah, that that is I love that. That's great. That's very inspiring. Um, yeah. Connection is. And, and creativity, you know, um, I, I think this is, you're right about the, the idea that it will keep coming, right? That it will keep flowing through you if you allow it to. And sharing something, you know, being afraid to share something, I think is something that we have to get over. We have to get over that. You know, that has to be something that has to be put aside because if you operate that way, collaboration, 
and success, I think, will be a lot harder to achieve. Yeah, we we all are, are kind of like fighting between fear and you know expansion, fear and love at all at all times. And I think the you know it's hard with the music business to mm. uh, you know you hold yourself up to. I think like my thinking behind the pandemic after you know before the pandemic and after yeah. drastically changed my brain changed like my thinking about the music business and like you know just like also talk about that I think that before living in New York you know like really trying to make it in New York make it as an actor make it as a singer get you know get just the compare myself to other artists like that are at a different place and like you know it's just like a waste of time you know it caused a lot of suffering Mm -hmm. in my life but it wasn't just now that I like I'm beyond that I see it's not even just about the music business it's a general way of thinking you know like that you know I'm not enough or that you Mm -hmm. know this is uh am I worth worthy of this dream you know and does it just make me happy like I I've been started playing in the subways in college and paid my rent as a subway busker (laughs) and have traveled around the world and toured around the world and made records around the world, like independently and, you know, continue to play, get all these like beautiful opportunities and not even in a very, like haven't even like tried to book myself anywhere before really. Like, I think I probably submitted to five festivals or things in my 20 years as a musician, because I've just been like busy playing gigs, making music, taking care of my mom most recently. Like that's, that's been a thing too. Like my mom got cancer um, two years ago um, suddenly, and she uh, passed away a year later. Um, And that was just a year ago. And, you know, between the pandemic and losing my mom, my best friend, um, Mm -hmm. like my thinking about my career and the music business has really changed. Like, I don't really, I, I feel that like so grateful that I've been able to live my, my life and take care of myself and take care of animals you know, like through my music and also teaching fitness, you know, now I'm teaching a lot less fitness, but that is part of like how I've been able to sustain this life. And um, I'm just grateful and proud of the, the, how far I've come, you know, and, and the music that I'm putting out, because it's about the music. Like I could stand behind all the songs that I put out and they came from my heart and I, I've gotten, you know, just like people open their hearts and their worlds to me because of that. And like, that to me is like success, you know, living the life that you, you know, I might not be a household name. I might not have won my Grammy yet, yet. There Um, you go. But believe me, I'm going to, Mm. oh yeah. I love that. I know that I'm going to, I was nominated Mm. I was on a nominated uh, album that was nominated for best rock album Latin in a Latin Grammy. Uh, so I went to Latin Grammys last year and I'm just, yeah, just like exciting yeah. to like visualize and, and, and like, I was talking about visualization. So I wonder if you do this too. I was, I had an, I was, I was interviewed 
before this, before our uh, taping now. Oh. And, uh, you know, I was asked, how do you, you know, how can you, um, uh, how do you define success? And, uh, and I thought, oh boy, it's a loaded question, of course, you know, and I ultimately, I mean, I've had very, you know, I, I can count a few things, quite a few things where I can say, okay, that is definitely, you know, yeah, that is pretty successful, you know, it on paper, you know, it looks great, wonderful. Okay. But how do you feel? Because these moments come and they go, right? They come and they go. And and how do you, but how do you feel about it? You know, and I, and my answer always is um, largely, look, what what is success? And it's a big question, but my answer is if you are happy and doing doing the thing that you love doing the most uh, and you can even you know pay the bills with it uh that that is even if you can't pay the bills with it <laughs> that is success because you are exercising your passion yes. and that's very difficult to do it takes a long time to arrive at that place and you you've probably been doing it longer than you think yeah working my butt off honestly like you know (laughs) but it's been it's been uh you know all of it and i think also living in new york in my 20s and 30s and working and like having the job and playing the subways and uh you know going on auditions and like having the pressure to survive it just freaking either makes you or breaks you you know like I've played in the subway for like six hours you know I've done I've done three gigs in a day where by the end of the day I like could not speak and worried that I you know I just had to do so many vocal warm-ups to get myself like back to Mm. to baseline and um but you, you know it's just it's all just like now when I look back on it, it's like, that was fun. You know, that was, you look back on those things and you're just like, wow, it was, you glorify it. Like it even, it seems more, I don't know, precious when you look back, like more fun, you know, carrying an amp, you know, five flights of stairs up and down five flights of stairs (laughs) in my New York walk up. Um, (laughs) I I remember helping my, my, um, my first keyboardist in in Ohio when I was in 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 school and he played a Hammond B3 organ and he mm-hmm. owned a Hammond B3 wow and the Leslie wow. and like Leslie was his girlfriend like he referred to Leslie as you know his girlfriend well yeah like there's no room instrument. for anyone else there's no room and, uh, yeah no room in the car that's who he can't he either has to have Leslie and or a girlfriend he would schlep that fucking thing around on his on his little astra chevy astra truck wow that's funny and i would help him load in the the hammond you know i mean this is 20 years ago you know so it was a very different time you know you didn't i mean samples now are so so good they sound so great but but imagine this i mean he schlepped that thing around i'd be like you want me to help you and he was like no man i can do it i'm like how how can you get that thing into your car musician musicians how? are professional how do you do it yeah we're professional and i would watch him do it and he would load that b3 joe kaplowitz his name is joe kaplowitz he joe played kaplowitz. on he played on um on my 
uh, Strangest Thing album and on then on in New York because he moved to New York about the same time I did in, on Black Box EP. That's all the organ playing on Black Box, folks. I know that some of you listen to this record. Uh, that's Joe Kaplowitz. And that is a real Hammond B3 organ. And he and I would watch him load this thing up into the truck by himself. And he had a method of doing it. I mean, that's like it's hundreds of pounds. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I you know true artistry right it's there. True artistry, it's commi- right? Commitment right yeah. there. Commitment to craft. Commitment indeed. Um, yeah. So I mean, when you you know your story is so interesting too because it really is. It's the grind, you know, getting on, uh, people watching people play in 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 the New York City subway. I've done it too when uh, in the very beginning, you know, and I was like, wow, my my suitcase is. My, you know, guitar case is full of of cash. Okay, so this works. This is possible. It's it's actually, to be honest with you, uh, you can make more playing busking in New York than playing a gig. Playing a gig. At at like a really nice venue. Because (laughs) after you get raped by the venue, (laughs) they leave you on the floor after you pay your band and your videographer and yeah. your uh team yeah. and um you you might as well have played in the subway <laughs> um you know like that's what fans don't understand mm-hmm. you know i think that the general audience person who's like oh why is this why is this ticket you know 30 bucks or whatever yeah. Um, and then like for like an art, you know, or 50, but whatever it is, like the yeah. venue, especially New York, like they take a percentage of the tickets um, until like a certain, let's say you sell like 50 tickets, they'll take one percentage, you take 100, another percentage. So like, and different venues have a different thing. Plus, they typically take all the bar, all the food. So like, you know, it makes it impossible for musicians to survive in New York. The ones who do survive are like the session players. As a songwriter, like you go, like if I stayed in New York full time, like I go for broke because I'm going to pay my band a living wage. And that means that sometimes I don't get paid or like, you know, and yeah. and people think, you know, we're like raking in the dough, like when we charge 30 bucks for a ticket, like, no, in the end, actually like where I might make the money up is like in merch sales. If people want to buy, you know, a t-shirt yeah. or like something cute that I have, but so I have um, a, I have a, I have a rule that t- ties into this. So when I go out, I've, I've stopped asking for comps when people invite me to their show, you know, I, I don't ask for a comp anymore. I, I go and see my friends play and I pay for the ticket. I can afford it now more so than I could 20 years ago. Okay. So I have to say that there's some timing involved in this too, but it's still something that I feel strongly about. And, and, and I, and I try to, you know, make people think about this a little bit, you know, what the 20 bucks or 30 bucks, you know, that you're, that you're going to spend, you're going to spend that money uh, on someone that where you're getting something back, you're getting a service, you know, you, you're getting something back for it. Yes. It's cool to be on the guest list, but it's even cooler to pay for the ticket and support the artist, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, if sometimes there's a guest list and you can do it, you know, but yeah, it is, it goes a long way when you support your, your artist friends. And, and there's also free ways to support your artist friends. Like for example, 
you know, if you, if I follow, I follow you on Spotify, Jan, and then I add a couple of your songs to, I like them. And then I add some of those songs to some playlists that I have yes. yeah. that I share with other people. I mean, but even going as far as following an artist uh, on your different, wherever you listen to that artist and liking their stuff and adding it to a playlist that actually helps that artist. Yeah. For free, and it's you know? free, and it's free. Yeah. So if you cost you anything, yeah, yeah, and um, and it's just a nice way to show your support, you know, and like, yeah, um, I I do that with all my like, you know, I have so many talented friends, you know, it, songwriters, and I just like love their stuff. So I'm like yeah. adding it to playlists, and you know, so come check out my playlists. Please, folks, uh, check out our playlists. You know, yeah. we have actually we have a playlist for the show. We have a playlist for making sound. Oh, uh, it's called Making Sound. Surprisingly, Ooh. and all the and, and all the guests get added to it. Ah, and I need to update it actually. So we'll update it with one of your songs on Spotify. And I was listening to your to your your uh, music. Uh, I get myself into the mood to talk to the the guest by listening to whatever music, if if it's a musician or if it's a filmmaker or if it's you know I I get myself into the mood to talk to them by by uh, checking them out, and uh, so you know. Um, but tell me, when do you have new music coming out? Because I want to hear what you're the a lot of the songs that you played at the City Winery. I thought, well, these are these are great tunes. You know, you mm -hmm. have you write hooks. And there's always a, there's like a humorous aspect to your writing as well. You and you you kind of like mix comedy in with you know melody and rock and roll. So oh, you have this I like, love that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of like that's description of what I do. That's how I that's how I did experienced what you guys did plus you have the rock star moves you know we were talking about this <laughs> after your show remember like i was like oh i love that step back you did it's like a prince move <laughs> that was like that's very that's the highest compliment i mm. learned that that's actually because my drummer in mexico rick schlosser he um he used he toured with van van morrison and james taylor and he lot lots of cool people and he was like you need to learn how to properly cue your drummer. Mm -hmm. And he was like, very kind of like patient with me while mm -hmm. I messed up drum cues uh, in shows for a few <laughs> times. And then, but I never did it. Like, like I didn't never want to disappoint him or have him look at me like, <laughs> again, we're ending the song. Are we ending the song or not? Are we ending it? So like, you know, just being very definitive about the like, boom, like, this thing, it's also a good ab move. You know, you just kind of like totally. crunch. You crunch yeah. to the side and then st step back. So yeah, that's how I learned those. But um, mm. new music's coming out uh, March 8th for International Music, uh, International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. I am releasing a song called Las Luchadoras. Luchadoras, not Las. Luchadoras. 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 And that means Mexican, well, not necessarily Mexican wrestlers, but fighters, fighters. <laughs> but it's a take on luchador, which is the Mexican wrestler. Luchadoras is a female wrestler or female warrior, uh, woman warrior. Mm. So, um, yes, and the song is in English and Spanish. And it is a reclamation of our bodies and 
also, you know, it, the, it, the Spanish part really is addressing femicide, um, really big problem with femicide here in Mexico where women just disappear and never are found. Um, most of the, like many times they're not found. So like they leave for work and they never come home wow. and their stories are not told. Nobody looks for them. Like the police don't care. Um, and, and that's why it kind of comes back to this self-love journey because, you know, if you learn to love yourself, you can escape these situations a lot easier, you know, mm -hmm. obviously the whole social structure, economic, socioeconomic structure of Mexico, these, a lot of these women never will escape poverty. Like the system is just so messed up. It's just really heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why I'm putting the song out for international women's day, because I just, I want to I want these women, I want us to be seen. I want this problem to be seen mm -hmm. and their names to be remembered, you know? And as far as the English for the English translation, uh, it's pretty act pretty to the Spanish, but it also addresses uh, abortion rights because I just feel, feel and know like this is just unacceptable for us to have these archaic laws in the United States, like even Mexico has more uh, lenient laws when it comes to abortion than some states in the United States. And well, that uh, depends on the state that you're in in the U.S. So we should we should acknowledge that, you know, because state, some states state. have very progressive laws. And right, and, I said some states, uh, you know, some states. most states have progressive uh, laws when it comes to abortion in the U.S. Most. Right. But if one if one woman is allowed to die and suffer, like we can't, we have to be, we have to speak up. That's all, you know, it's important that we speak up and we get our rights back in the United States. I, I believe, and I feel, and I'm fighting for that and standing for that in this song, you know, that we won't accept violence towards women and just stand by and not put up a fight, you know, that while our rights are being stripped away. Why, why do you think that this is something that we still talk about, even though it 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 has been it's gotten a lot better in some in some ways. But why do you think that violence in general, as in, especially against women, is something that we still have to address and talk about? Oh, I wish I didn't. I wish it wasn't. You know, I, I think we're set up in a patriarchal society, you know, that tries to shame, you know, I, I don't know, I guess it goes back to like religion and like mm -hmm. making women feel that they're the origin of all sin, mm -hmm. you know, this kind of uh, monotheistic, you know, view, you know, we we did in, in ancient civilizations revere women because we actually can create life you know, we're, we're way stronger than men. Like we can tolerate way more pain. Um, like the physical pain that you have to endure. I I'm not signing up for giving birth, by the way, just want to <laughs> yeah. put that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not brave enough for that. And just like shout out to all the moms, because that is the biggest sacrifice. And that is the biggest strength you can have is to give, you know, life to someone. And so like, uh, people in power want to keep 
us small, like men and women. They want to keep us living in fear. They want to keep us sick, addicted to their crappy sugar and uh, mm-hmm. medicines. You know, it's it all comes back to control. If we can control women, we can, you know, make them small. People can make more money and the people in power will stay in power, you know? And yeah, I think, and it's also like, just come stepping into our hearts. Like there is, there is a lot of progress in, in women's rights. There has been a lot of progress and in, but, but we need to go further mm-hmm. and we need to protect the health of women mm-hmm. in, in the world the health and opportunity, you know, women should have the same opportunity as men mm-hmm. to their health. Like if I'm paying taxes to the government, the government should protect my rights. I shouldn't have less rights than a man for my medical care. How does that make sense? A man can decide what he does with his penis and what he does with everything. Like nobody's telling him what to do. Why do a bunch of white men sitting in the government get to tell me what to do with my vagina? Like, and my uterus, like, sorry guys, this episode. Well, I, I, I wouldn't tell you what to do with it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Listen, I'm my vagina wherever I want. Like it's mine. And I like pussy power and everything. Like, come on, like stop demonizing women. Like, so that a bunch of like white like small dick energy men can stay in control. Like, no, like I'm not having it anymore. And women, we're the more that we awaken to that we do not need men and that we will not tolerate abuse. And that abuse comes from within too. It's what we say to ourselves. Yeah, I think that's, to me, that's the bigger point, you know? That's I think the bigger that, point, yes. I, I do think so, you know, because I think that laws get written, laws change, um, but in mm-hmm. order to create an environment where um, these things happen less, you know what you're describing, violence, especially violence against anyone, yeah, but especially mm-hmm. against women, um, yes, is is something that has to come from within. And you know, and how you were talking about self-love, if you have that kind of confidence and love, and appreciation for yourself, especially if you've been through trauma. And a lot of people that have been through trauma will repeat the trauma in order to um, uh, process it, you know, and if they don't have access to therapy or a therapist or help or Mm -hmm. a a, a family environment or Mm -hmm. a circle of friends, you know, these things can go, um, go bad. Things can, things, bad things can happen, you know? So, um, but I think we we need to uh, take better care of each other, but ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And, and if we can't do that, if we can't take care of ourselves, it's going to be much harder to take care of anyone else or even have someone else take care of us. You know, so right. uh, it, it's I'm, I'm a big believer that that kind of um, looking in the mirror and saying, you know what, you're worth it. And you're, you know, you, these there are some changes you you need to make you need to make some changes if you want to see change you need to be the change um and that's hard looking at yourself and going this isn't working i have to make a change you know well yeah you can you could do it like for me you can go on for years without doing anything about it oh yeah but until you wake up and go you know (laughs) i mean you and i both know this you know 
No, you have to. Yeah, it's, it's like, really, a, it's, how much suffering do you want to bear? When are you done with it? You know, you it's like, when are you done? And like, it, it, you, you never know. Like, there's, mm-hmm. a, we all do things that we know are like not great for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we know what we have to do, but we don't necessarily want to do it. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a lot of work because change is a lot work, of work. You know, it's a you lot have of change to, you have is to, work. You have to do the work, you know, and um, healing is work, you know, it healing takes, is work. Healing is a lot. Thank and like, you. yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Like, I know for me, I've been in like different 12 step programs. Um, because like, you know, I had a lot of trauma growing up um, and just trying to survive, you know, like, uh, especially like when it came to like my self image and my body, like I was anorexic uh, many years and, um, you know, just like took out a lot of my stress and trauma on my own, on my body and stuff. And then like, obviously, if you have a lot of unhealed trauma, you might turn to drugs or alcohol and sex to try to fill that void and try to heal. And that creates a whole sequence of other problems and, and then yeah. eventually songs. Um, and then eventually you see the humor in it and you can like laugh at yourself like, Oh, I'm doing that nonsense again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how long are we going to swim in the nonsense? Okay. How long? Okay. Just let's like consciously yeah, know that we're just, just, we're just doing this for, song fodder and orgasms like let's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude i i love talking to you and i i love i love how you have had the the energy and the intelligence to get to this point where you where you can laugh at yourself and i think i i want to end it on this note because that's a great note to end on because that's that is that's inspiring that yeah, you that that inspires me it's just like yeah, we can heal and and we can be happy again. Like we yeah. can be and like we, we can laugh yes. at our mistakes, knowing that those mistakes are part of what you needed to do to grow and to like be in this moment that we're in now together. Making like my sound. like my ex used to mm-hmm. say to me, he used to say, um, there are no mistakes. Yeah. Because you it because you learn from them, hopefully. You know, that's the idea, right? You you learn something. Yeah. And on that note, I want to I wanna ask you one last uh, uh, thing, and that is, how can people find Leah Alonso on the interwebs? Well, thank you for asking. This conversation has been riveting. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, mm. If you want to follow my music, well, Leah Alonso, that would be the best. L I A H A L O N S O. Leah. Leah. And uh, <laughs> I, I have a website. And also, if you want to be part of the production of these songs that I'm putting out every month, I have a Patreon and you can be the first cool. to hear the songs and stuff. So that's fun too. Yeah. Um, I used to do that all the time, man. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank yeah. you for having yeah, me. This folks. was really nice really great to talk with you and so totally man i i I enjoyed it but there's plenty more to come and um, there'll be some music making and there will be just keep an eye on on uh, on what we're doing guys and girls and everyone in between and uh we will see you at the well i don't know i don't know what's uh who's who's next i don't know just keep an eye on the show folks and thanks for tuning in that was making sound with Jan close episode 82 with my guest, Leo Alonso. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.
Bye. Bye. That was great. That was great, dude. That was fun. Thank you. Thanks. Very cool.